Yeah. No. I'm just going to call this The Right to Bear Arms. I don't even have this title fully. All right, whatever. Dude, you're, this is embarrassing. Are, where, what are we live on this time? <laughs> We're live on YouTubes. And, the tubes of Ube. Oh. Yep. And we're live on the Liberty Principal Facebook page, which is what we're normally live on. Although I gotta, I gotta switch here. There we go. There we go. So now we're good. We're gonna talk about the Second Amendment today. Yeah. And citizenship. Citizenship. We're well, gonna talk about the history of citizenship. Is what we're gonna talk about. And, and slavery. And uh, well, that's. Yeah, that's what we're we're going to show something that uh, may cause you to ask yourself if you live in America as our primary audience. Although we do have folks from other countries that that, that watch us, but but generally speaking, if, if you does live Canada, in America, does Canada and Puerto Rico count as other countries? N no, no, not really. I know New I know New Jersey and California do. But yeah, those two. Yeah, those are the two countries that I was talking about. I, absolutely, those are the two countries. So, uh, but we, but we actually do have people from other countries. But you're still you'll be interested in this. So, well, most of Western Europe and other parts of the world. Um, the question is, are you really a citizen, and what does that mean, and does it matter? It does. It well. That's that. That would be a question. If it doesn't matter, then, well, I don't know what to well, say to you, dude. When somebody takes your hard-earned money, um, did you say hard-earned? It sounded like you said hard-earned. I don't even know what you. I don't know what your you came up with. Hard-earned money. Hard-earned money, right? And let's say they take thirty percent of your income. Yeah. Then aren't you thirty percent a slave? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it may work out to a little less. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Less or more because I'm saying if, if I'm losing 30% of my income to an entity that doesn't really contribute all that much back to my quality of life, um, and then taxes me on goods and services that I purchase outside of my income. I'm listening to us. Oh, I'm listening to weird. us. Look, we're on. So, we're on there. You're probably paying more like 50 or 60%. So, if 50 or 60% of your blood, sweat, and tears is going to someone else, you know. At what point that's, is that's, it is it slavery? Yeah. That's the question. At what point if, is it slavery? And if you owe more than you're worth, um, that's not good either. Yeah. So the the you want to dive into the dive yeah. into the history of what yeah. a citizen has been historically? Yeah. So what we're talking about is the debate the debate the negotiation for the further confiscation of your ability to freely choose to have tools of self defense. Let's just call it that. And unfortunately, there's not enough people that recognize that this is not a negotiable point. They 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 kind of believe, well, if we give a little, you know, maybe, maybe they'll back off. They're never going to back off, dude. It's never, ever going to happen. So 
it's about the right to bear arms and uh, it's about the Second Amendment. Now, I'm going to, for my, for my, I'll say my anarchist and my libertarian friends, I'm playing devil's advocate tonight. I am going to operate within the parameters of Stady von State Face Land. This is not an endorsement of Stady von State Face Land, but I am, I believe that in the course of our dialogue, we're going to show even within the state von state face parameters of how they would define liberty, there may be some issues here, just even by their standards, okay? Well, I would have to back this whole conversation up to the Second Amendment and say that um, it's already lost. Dude, the Second dude, Amendment... Dude, okay, there you go. There's, there's the show, folks. You do this a lot. <laughs> Like, yeah, because you, you I you set something, something up and you're like, hey, by the way, the butler did it. Oh. Mm. Well, that's the end of that. Everybody can go home. What's the, this, is a sty, this is a stylistic difference because I want to say the Second Amendment is already lost. Now let's go prove it. I, I want to be. I'm not doing that. Provocative. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. You do you. I'm doing. By the way, me. Here's me. See, although. See, see my shirt. I, I, I can't, I can't fully sit up right now. But it says, "I'd rather face the danger of a madman than to uh, allow the state to define what a madman is." And that shirt, you can get at agora.threadless.com. That's my mindset going into this, everybody. Just so you know, I am pro tactical nukes for everyone. That's the bar that I've set. That's my boundary. Tactical nukes. That's it. So. Nothing I also that. want to make a statement that there is an internationalist movement to dismantle the American Constitution. And they see that the Second Amendment is the weak point and that if they can take down the Second Amendment, the rest of the amendments won't be so hard to dismantle. Oh, man. If you take down the uh, Second Amendment, you end up with... Uh... I had somebody in a debate recently. Well, not a debate. I don't debate gun grabbers, just so you know. I don't debate. I work to shame them. That's my mission. It's not debate. It's shame. There's very few exceptions. There's some exceptions where I actually will engage with someone and actually have a discourse with them, but it's extremely rare because most gun grabbers are they're they're lost, man. They're 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 gone. They're they're never coming back. But this person was saying, yeah, just like, you know, what happened in Great Britain, you know, they took all the guns and then and then the and the British government went out and killed everyone. I'm like, yeah, they didn't kill everyone, but they just arrested a dude for doing a joke video with his dog doing a Heil Hitler. So, yeah. Yeah. They're trained very well over there in Britain. They're they're well-heeled little folk. They 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 wait patiently for surgeries that that are that that are you know life uh, essential surgeries that they need in you know like a month. They're waiting five years for those. Yeah, <laughs> that's. But I thought you loved Britain. everything Great Britain. I love British culture. I love I love British entertainment. I love British history. I love Britishism. I'm an Anglophile. But I am no fan of of the state of of Great Britain. I'm not. But I'm not a the fan. The British of have always been. The British have always been my country, right or wrong, and I'll march into the ocean 
if need be, for my Union Jack. I mean, yeah, so is every other people, country. No, not like the British. Oh my British, gosh, are you serious? That's like that's like the bread and butter for nations. It's like, you know what? We got some history to go through here, folks. We got dude, some stuff to discuss. You, I guarantee you, the Italians don't follow orders like the British do. They don't. Neither well, do the. Well, Portuguese. there are degrees, and so I yeah. would I would grant you that. Uh, yeah, the, the British are up there with the Germans. They're pretty high up there. They're they're jolly o pip pip and. Uh, you know, polite. You know, better to be polite than to remove the knife that someone stuck in your back and and look unseemly or rude. <laughs> Correct. And they do oh, have probably, a knife. Oh, quite. Oh, oh, you you used a weapon. You know, those are illegal here in England. Yes. You yeah. know, you've got an illegal weapon and you're pointing it at me. I feel I feel some kind of way about this. Yes, I'm feeling my warm blood spill all over my clothing oh. so uh, uh you shouldn't have done that there oh. will be ramifications it will be oh. i am unanimous in that oh i do apologize if i get some of the blood on your carpet i apologize yes yes <laughs> so what does the second amendment say it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, I just want to float that out there because we're going to get back to it. But we better because I've got so many problems with this. It ain't well, funny. Before we get to it, well, first the first premise we have is this. Everybody, the big thing is, you know, we are, we're citizens of the United States of America. We have rights. And this is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. This is a constitutional republic, uh, and uh, and this is well, actually it, it kind was, of, it was. Dude, okay, I'm playing devil's advocate and pretending. I'm just pretending. So you want me to just sit here and shut up? That's what you're saying. No, no, no. Add your stuff. It's a good. Oh, okay. No, it's fine. No, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna interject back. But uh, from my perspective, what I'm doing is I'm. You know what? Okay, we're a constitutional republic. We yes. This is uh, again. I'm I'm operating within the state of unstate based parameters, so that's why I'm using the word we. So, you know, my anarcho libertarian friends don't get all you know, is that a mouse in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? So this was you're you're the one who put me on this. Your 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 thought was it had to do with the word keep and bear arms. And what does arms mean? And arms is it's not really guns. It's really, I, I, and I, I usually say tools of self-defense, but it's not even necessarily tools of self-defense. It's tools of offense. Tools, weapons of war. Weapons of war. Tools that are intended to put you on an equal footing with the people who call, who call themselves, you know, the, the, the well, government leaders. Your look government. Let's look at that. In, in the U.S. Constitution, theoretically, you are the government. That's the yes, thing. But you are the government. The founding fathers had cavalry, artillery, firearms, multiple types. They had lances and swords, and they had warships all at their disposal. They had the. Sh I'm going to watch my language. They had all of these. Oh, we're not doing that anymore. You can fly arms. free. Arms. I, I can say shit. You can fly free, dude. We're not doing that. 
Fly free. They had all this shit at their disposal. And when they wrote the Second Amendment, they meant weapons of war. You are not allowed to have weapons of war in the United States today. So the Second Amendment that everyone's fighting for, dude, it's already dead. It's a vestige well, of let's, what it was. Let's find out if that's true. I say we, we give it a chance, and you're you're already saying it's dead. I'm I'm going I'm playing the devil's advocate role. I'm saying no 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 not so fast. Let's take the time and let's think about this. So the the the, the first thing is that uh, we're, we're we're allegedly we're citizens. We're taxpayers. We're we're legal and all that. And you know, I got social security card. You got a social security and, card. And I'm we're a legal. I am gov- a legal immigrant. Right, you're a citizen. Legal, and now you're a citizen. a citizen. Well, I am now, but I'm still a, a legal immigrant. Yeah, yes, you're a legal immigrant, and you're also a citizen. It's, it's naturalized. It's just like I'm an old fat man, but I'm also a citizen. I'm not necessarily saying I choose to be a citizen, but I am. I'm a citizen. And you, but you and do choose to be an old fat man. I don't choose to be old. I, well, actually, I do because the alternative is death. I'm it's, not for that, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so, citizen etymology of the word citizen. And this is from etymonline.com. Etymonline.com. What does etymon mean? Et, well, it's just you know etymology. That's all. Is that Latin or Greek? Etymology. Yeah, the the foundation to the word. I don't know. That's a good man. What is the etymology of etymology? What is etymology? You know what etymology means. First off, the meaning of words. No, no the origin. Doesn't. Yes, the of origin. The, the origin of the meaning of words. Yes, that's that's what we're going to talking about here. Sorry. So, uh, dude, this conversation would be so much better if you were high. <laughs> it would. I feel the same way. In reverse, totally. If you were, if you were smoking a big old fat stogie right now, yeah, it'd be much better. Uh, or if I, you know what? It would be much better if I was high. Actually, yes, because then I could. I just I, said that. Yeah, but but I was. Never mind. I'm gonna go on. Thirteen hundred. It comes from uh, citizen, uh, a feminine version. Oh no, that are they being gender exclusive? Uh, citizen. Inhabitant of a city or town, from Anglo-French citizen, citizen, city dweller, town dweller, citizen, old French, uh, cit- whatever. Uh, uh, so, so the word itself, not the concept of what a citizen is, but the word itself, it's like you're just a city dweller. And uh, but then there's a key part here: sense of freeman or inhabitant of a country. Member of the state or nation, not an alien, is is late 14th century, meaning private person. That's a very uh, important distinction. As opposed to a civil officer or a soldier, that's added around 1600. And then as a title in 1795 from the French, during the French Revolution, citoyen, citoyen was also used as a Republican alternative to Moshe. Okay, that's so weak. Boring. That's it's boring. So... But, 
But the key part there is sense of free men are inhabited. Now, we're going to go back further in time to the history of citizenship. And you're going to the important part. Do you want to run the show? Do you want to get the you're, notes? You're together? getting to the important part. Do you want to run the OBS? Could be dead. Young man. OBS is what I use to run the show. Oh. The software. So history of citizenship describes the changing relation between an individual and the state, commonly known as citizenship. So while there is disagreement about when the relation of citizenship began, many thinkers point to the early city states of ancient Greece, possibly as a reaction, now here's a, and I think there's a lot of credibility to this, as a reaction to the fear of slavery. So it was immediately, there's a, there's a yin and yang starting to emerge there. You wanted to be a citizen as opposed to being a slave. So I'm going to skip ahead here to, to some of the more important points. Oh my gosh. Dude, this is so boring. We I'm, must be shedding listeners like I I don't think it's boring at all. Down. I think it's actually I would be like I'd like this. I'd be into this, man. This is my kind of thing. But you're, you're kind of a nerd. reading from Wikipedia, you'd be into that. Yeah, to the ancients, citizenship was a bond between a person and the city-state. Before Greek times, a person was generally connected to a tribe or kin group as an extended family. So in ancient times, the word citizenship, the concept of citizenship, it's meant to form the same type of bond that you had in a tribe or an extended family, except you want that bond to extend to the city-state. So this is very important. And this distinction of citizen, this type of bond that you could form, you couldn't form with anybody living there. The people that you would form that type of bond with would be, I'm going to put this in air quotes, free free people. See, that's 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 the uh, operating uh, uh, term here. So there's a quote here from Jeffrey Has Hasking who says, it can be argued that this growth of slavery was met what made Greeks particularly conscious of the value of freedom. After all, any Greek farmer might fall into debt and therefore might become a slave at almost any time. When the Greeks fought together, they fought in order to avoid being enslaved by warfare, to avoid being defeated by those who might take them into slavery, and they also arranged their political institutions so as to remain free men. So this, again, this, this whole thing of citizenship emerging in the Greek city-states, it, it's a direct counter to distinguish yourself from slave. There's citizen, and then there is slave. And then there's another quote here from Robert L. Dice, Jr. I don't know who this guy is. The polis was grounded in nomos, the rule of law, which meant that no man, no matter what he might be, was master, and all men were subject to the same rules. Any leader who set himself above the law was reckoned to be a tyronus, a tyrant. By the way, that means, you know, you know, the government people didn't have special laws that they got to uh, ignore while you had to follow the laws. Just if you're following along and you're smart, you're probably already making some of the connections that I'm talking about here. Obviously, Mr. Mr. Professor Rambo here is a little bit uh, uh, slow and behind. So then we get to Spartan times. Do, do, you know, you can you want to you want to share in the glory here. You want to read some of these notes here? 
Reading isn't my thing. Okay. Thinking. Thinking Spart- is my thing. Spartan citi- <laughs> Oh, nice. Spartan citizenship was based on the principle of equality among a ruling military elite. They were full Spartan citizens, men who, were, who graduated from a rigorous regiment of military training and at age 30 received a land allotment called a cleros, whatever. I'm not going to read all that part. So in the Spartan approach to phalanx warfare, virtues such as courage and loyalty were particularly emphasized relative to other Greek city-states. Each Spartan citizen owned at least a minimum portion of the public land, which was sufficient to provide food for a family, although the site, whatever. So what the Spartans added to the concept of citizenship wasn't uh, that, okay, you're part of a tribe and now your tribe isn't necessarily familial. It's, it's a geographical area. It's the city. You know, that's your tribe. Your citizenship is your membership in that type of tribe. They added other elements to citizenship, the virtue and character and all that kind of uh, stuff. But still, it was with the Spartans, again, you have you have that yin and yang. You're a citizen. You're, you're an owner. You're you're a player. You're you're part of the state. You are the state. You are the state. The state is you. You, you know, you're you're mixing and matching there, as opposed to you're a slave. Very very key distinction. And we get up to the Romans. Roman citizenship was similar to the Greek model, but differed in substantive ways. Jeffrey Housking argued that the Greek idea of citizenship in the city state, such as the principles of equality under law, civic participation in government. And, notion, and notions that no one citizen should have too much power for too long were carried forth into the Roman world. Now, that these are key points here that were... Again, if you're a member of government, like official member of government, you should not have rights that I don't have. Which, I, you, you get where I'm going with this, right? I don't want to telegraph this too much. You, 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 you get what I'm doing with this. So... Then we get up to the Americans. So the struggle between rebelling colonists and British troops was a time when citizenship worked. According to one view, Americans and subsequent French declarations of rights were instrumental in linking the notion of fundamental rights to popular sovereignty. That is, you as an individual or a sovereign even in and of yourself. So... Uh, and 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 the concept is that government drew their legitimacy and authority from, you know, the consent of the governed, implied consent. And, you know, again, I'm playing the state on state based game here, so I'm not going to get lost in – I'm not going to let that trigger me. Normally it would, but I'm not. I'm going to keep going. But you so, know that's the best system that's ever existed, <laughs> right? And so that we should continue that. We're, 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 we're just going to continue. Wait, uh, what? Well, anyway. The Bill of Rights. So the Constitution specified a three-part structure of government. So you have, you know, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branches. And uh, it did not specify the relation of citizenship. And that is in part why uh, the, the folks that wrote the Bill of Rights insisted on there being a Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights ostensibly, uh, let's just pretend that, that, that they totally meant everything they said. Uh, the Bill of Rights protected the rights of individuals from intrusion by the federal government. 
And as a matter of fact, it was kind of a selling point to get some of these states to ratify. He's like, no, 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 we'll fix this. Don't worry. We'll pass it, and then we'll get this other thing, and we'll fix it, dude. We'll make sure, you know, uh, that, that 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 we fix that. Fix that. So, but the 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 legal definition of citizen really didn't come into the court into play for the courts until 130 years with the 14th Amendment. You want to tell us about the Fourteenth Amendment, there, sir? No, I'm just I'm kind of stuck on the point where did that apply to blacks and Native Americans? No, 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 no. This was this was definitely uh, it was a white thing. Oh, oh. Okay. I mean, there's so many things that I could say here that I'm just glossing over for the sake of this conversation. There's lots of triggers here. The whole idea of the consent of the governed. I, it's a big trigger. And well, did you sign? Arrested. Did you sign the contract? There you're doing you were... it. You, you're trying to get me to go there. Did you I'm sign it? I'm not doing it. No, I, I, did. I didn't I, sign. I, I signed sign Jack. it. I signed it because you know why I signed yeah, it? Yeah, you did. This, you is the did. Best, this is the best game in town, buddy, and you can't beat that. Well, you could. You anyway. Could anyway. Uh, well, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Staying on point. Staying on point. Staying within the state of... You're trying to get me outside the state of state-based paradigm to mess me up. I I understand that. But I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for it. The 14th Amendment. Which which one was that? The 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So now... Citizenship has basically come become, well, if if you're born here, you're you're not required anything. You're just born here. You're a citizen. If you're not born here, then you actually have to earn it. Then you have to actually demonstrate citizenship. So, and really, the folks who who are the immigrants who became uh, who became citizens, they're actually probably more legit citizens than the folks who were just born here because they had to actually work for it and, like, no dude, civics and not, stuff. Dude, dude, it wasn't that hard. Whatever. Actually. It was harder it was, than what I had to do. All I no. had to do was, hey, dude, I'm born. You, no, because it's pretty stupid, simple. It's anything you've read in civics and your early American history is what's asked on the test. Who was Abraham Lincoln? And what did he do? He freed the who slaves. Was George- and who? Well, my answer was he freed the slaves and enslaved the free. And they were like, wait, what? Did you what? say that? <laughs> no, you didn't. You did not. I was, I was 18. I didn't even know. I didn't think you did because I didn't know when I was 18. There are 18-year-olds that know, though. Yeah, I because they have place. brains. Yeah, we I had a brain. I just wasn't education. exposed. I was right. I was interested in other things. I wasn't even caring about stuff like that. I just... So who was who was George Washington? Well, he was the guy who uh, got Congress to give him an army so that he could take it into Pennsylvania and use it against Americans who were rebelling against the whiskey tax. No, I mean, that's that's not George Washington. No, no, it is. That's after he won the war and became president. So there are other sections, by the way. Sorry, it... am I boring you? No, no, not at all. Um, there are other sections in the 14th Amendment, uh, you know, little, little things like the representatives and how they're now going to be elected 
you know, just change a few things there. And uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, okay, I don't know. Section 3. Who cares? I can't process but you it. covered the part that was important. But, yeah, yeah, but I wanted to get to the last part. Section 5. The Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provision of this article. I love that language. So exacting. Nails you down. Like, no no loopholes there. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, dude, clearly, by appropriate legislation. You know, that's that nailed it. That pretty much nailed it. So now we get to the Second Amendment itself. So you got a little bit of a background. You got a little bit of sense of the history of citizenship and how how much of that concept is a direct uh, counter to the concept of slavery. So it was a way to distinct you from the slave. Even, even the Apostle Paul made note, uh, some might argue with some degree of pride, that I am a Roman citizen. I mean, not everyone in the Roman Empire was a citizen. You had to do stuff to be a citizen or be born in the right family, whatever the case might be. But still, it afforded privileges, privileges of of being able to do more stuff that you want to do with your life without the government interfering. That's the big thing. So we get to this uh, little piece here. This is from lectlaw.com. And let me... Uh, uh, and it's a, it's basically an argument of what what did what did a well-regulated militia mean? Uh, what did the word well-regulated? The reference to a well-regulated militia probably conjures up a con. Well, you know it it when you hear regulate, how they're using it. See, regulated. You can regulate it. You can have regulations. You can limit it. No, no, no. The words well-regulated had a far different meaning at the time of the Second Amendment was drafted. In the context of the Constitution's provisions for congressional power over certain aspects of the military and in the context of the framers' definition of militia, government regulation was not the intended meaning. Rather, the term meant only what it says, that the necessary militia will be well-regulated. Now, he doesn't say it here, but well-regulated means trained, like they know what they're doing, like the the militia trained what, and organized what what is the intention of the militia the militia's main intent is to protect the people from a tyrannical government that's what it's for it's it's to protect it's the it's it's basically i'm a government official i can have certain types of tools of self defense tools of offense I don't want to tilt the balance of power and uh, create a situation in which I, I'm only a citizen. I happen to be in government, but I'm still only a citizen. I, I, I No mag magic badge, no special title should afford me the ability to, to have access to tools that you don't have access to. That would create an imbalance of power. That would make it much more difficult for, for citizens to assert their their sovereign right, their, their individual sovereign right to protect themselves against a government that became tyrannical. And the, the folks that wrote the Constitution, they were reasonably educated and had a reasonable understanding of history, and they, they understood. They, they came from English history, largely. So 
So they know the history of England. It was filled with many, many moments where the government became tyrannical and turned on the people. So, so it's, it's pretty clear that the Second Amendment is specifically about making sure that citizens have the same power as the citizens who happen to have shiny badges and titles and uh, labels and elected offices. Because you're part of the government. Even if you don't serve an office, you're the government. Of the people, by the people, for the people. Now, that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, I want to turn you loose. You tell you're me. Gonna turn, you're going to turn my loose? I'm going to turn you loose. I don't want to turn, oh. turn your loose. I don't even know what that means. What, what can you tell me about the NFA, 1934? Not much. Yeah, yeah. NFA. <laughs> Do you want me? Do you want me to go over this real quick, or do you got Dude, this? Dude, it, it is pretty much the death knell of the Second Amendment. The, the, the NFA and, actually, absolutely is. It just it, it guts the Second Amendment, and then it's over in nineteen thirty-four. Yeah, so automatic firearms, explosives, pretty much anything you need to create a real militia is now illegal. So, I mean, what else is there to say about? That law, it destroys the Second Amendment. And then in 1968, they move forward and, and add even more uh, regulations. And then on top of that, you had Reagan, who uh, made it even harder to get uh, full auto and, uh, firearms and additional stuff. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And now we're sitting here arguing about bump stocks and uh, pistol grips on guns and what kind of regulations we need to pass to uh, do background checks. Dude, the fight is lost. It was yeah. lost in the in the late 30s. In it, 1934, it, early 30s. 1934, so, the fight was over because they came – now, what they did with the NFA was – okay, you had to – now, actually, in 1968, they, they kind of rolled back some things and added to some things, so – you know, it was like a little shell game going on. But now this is, I want to read this because this is actually from the ATF uh, page. So while the NFA was enacted by Congress as an exercise of its authority to tax, and see, that's how they did things. You had to register your firearms because you had to pay a tax on your firearms. If you wanted to get different types of firearms, you had to pay a stamp. You had a, there was a, you know, and we still have some, some, some of them. Um, Still have uh, tax stamps that you have to buy. Tax stamps. Yeah, tax stamps. So this is in the ATF, on the ATF website. While the NFA was enacted by Congress as an exercise of its authority to tax, of which it has no limits, by the way, the NFA had an underlying purpose unrelated to revenue collections. As the legislative history of the law discloses, its underlying purpose was to curtail, if not prohibit, Transactions in NFA firearms. Congress found these firearms, uh, and, and by the way, these firearms, these are military grade. These are like automatic Tommy guns, you know, bazookas, whatever. Th this is where, in 1934, they said, no, no, we're now going to pretend that the Second Amendment was just so that people could have guns to go uh, do sports shooting and hunting. That's what we're going to pretend here. So any other type of gun, you're going to have to pay us. Now, at the 1934, we're not going to we're not going to try to press you too hard and say you can't have the guns. We didn't outlaw anything. 
we're just going to price it out of the market. So it's also classism. So you, you think the, the, the wealthy were not continuing to buy their guns. We just and racism. Story. And racism, yes. Yeah, racism, it's classism, it's keep lethal, powerful tools out of the hands of the underclasses, including un undesired races that you've decided to, to put into a proverbial box. So that's that's it. 1934. This is over. What what people are fighting for now, the people that are they're the even the the, the so called pro gun people, they're having negotiations. Like, dude, no no. No, you need to you need to get rid of the National Firearms Act. You need to get rid of the nineteen sixty eight act. You need to get rid of the nineteen eighty six act. That's what you need to do before you have any conversation with anyone. So, look, when people tell me that I need to give up my guns, I simply agree. I said, look, I'd, I'd be happy to give up my guns, but I want the Second Amendment restored to its original meaning, which means I get to have bazookas. I'll give up my guns when I can have bazookas and mortars and anything else that the military may desire. I, I want to have drones that are armed, just like the military has. Yeah, whatever I, it is. The only thing they, that should impede me is my ability to pay, and it, and it, and it shouldn't be impeded right. by taxes. Correct. So will crazy people get a hold of these weapon systems and hurt people? Yeah, probably. But that's not the point. That's why I got my shirt. He, he, here's, here's the part that really pisses me off. And I actually had a conversation with somebody today. The conversation with somebody today started off because he had had a heart condition and he was afraid. And that was, was a reason to take your guns? No, I'll explain. It's a little long winded, but Go I think ahead. you'll appreciate it. Time. So he was afraid he couldn't pay his bills. He was afraid they might take his home. He was afraid that he wouldn't get the treatment that he uh, wanted to take or need needed to get to extend his life. And, you know, I've been thinking about death quite a bit lately because my father passed away recently. But the one thing about my father that has stuck with me is he wasn't afraid of death. He's like, it's God's will. If I die tomorrow from a heart attack, who gives a shit? This is, and this is a, this is an over overwhelming thing in America. We can't die. We, we have to protect people. Our laws are structured to save people's lives over freedom. A typical example, a very good example, DUI. There's no crime. I'm going to drive drunk this weekend. I, I, and let's say I did. I hurt nobody. I was in complete control of my car. I got home. No problem. Uh, hypothetically, I drive drunk every day. And I don't hurt anybody for years and years and years. But there's a law to protect the children so that no one gets hurt. So I get pulled over for driving drunk and I go to jail. There's no victim there. And these Americans who are obsessed with safety and people not dying hey dumbass 
People fucking die every day. It's a it's part of life. And you're terrified of the inevitable. You're gonna die. So to to to, yeah. to impede Look, hold, hold. my right as a free citizen, as a free man, as a person who deserves to be able to defend myself against uh, enemies foreign and domestic, fuck you. If you're afraid you're going to die, I want my weapons. I want my arms. That's my bottom line. I don't care about your fear of death, and I don't care about death. I want to be able to defend myself, my property, and my family, not necessarily in that order, from <laughs> assholes. I'm so, I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm going to hang up and call you right back. You have a terrible <laughs> lag right now. Like when you talk, it's like five seconds. Yes, yes. So and you had a good rant going on there. I waited. I did wait because it was a good rant. Was it, it was good? a good one? Is it a good one? Yeah, I'm going to call you right back. Right. Sorry about that, folks. Let's see if we can fix this lag. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Good. Are you back? So it feels to me like. Yeah, there's still a lag, so... All right, we'll just have to deal with it. Anyway, go ahead. So it feels to me like the system is constantly like, oh, we have to protect people. And in the process, this is that... Excuse me. The safety versus freedom argument. You know, we have to keep people safe. Well, the best way to keep people safe is to allow them to arm themselves and to be trained. And will you have breaches and sanity by idiots who want to use military-type weapons to hurt people? Certainly. But then we have society to deal with those people. But, but to preemptively try to save human life by limiting people's rights is ludicrous. And that's where we're at now in our history. Well, we have uh, – what we have is – uh, culture that I, I've, I've, I think I said this on this show before. I think I've said it a couple times, and I'll say it a couple more times because I think it bears repeating. We have a culture where people, people, people grow up; they're not exposed to guns. They're it's kind of like a taboo thing now, and people are like literally like if somebody sees a gun, there's a fairly decent chance they will be frightened to death just seeing that gun. So they don't end up growing up and not buying guns they still buy guns but the problem is they don't have any kind of training they don't have any kind of respect for guns they're 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 (laughs) they're not responsible gun owners so the problem is not to take away the guns the problem is to stop the anti-gun uh culture that you're creating and you're doing it on purpose because you want the next generation to be more afraid of guns and more willing to use the mob rule to uh, send other people out with guns to take to take guns from other people. That's, well, that's a, what the design is. And there's a tangent here that if you um, make guns undesirable and you have people who are not familiar with them, who weren't trained by their fathers and mothers and uncles and aunts and grandparents on firearm safety, who are attracted to these firearms, 
guess what's going to happen? If these people don't get proper safety training, they're going to be the cause of accidents. Problems? Right. They're going to be the cause of accidents. They're going to be the cause of misfortune. They're going to be the cause even of uh, illegal use of them and immoral use of those guns because they haven't been conditioned for, as children to not just respect them but not to ever use them against human beings unless your life is in danger. You know, some people don't have impulse control. I don't want those people with guns. But guess what? They're going to get them anyway. Yeah. And, if they've, and if they've had some kind of training and impulse control uh, ingrained in them as children, well, then you stand a chance of that person doing the right thing. But there's, it, it seems to me, and I, I want to reemphasize this, that Americans are afraid of everything. And this is the conditioning from your government. You're afraid you're going to lose your house. You're going to afraid you're going to lose your reputation. You're afraid you're going to lose your job. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of that. And oh, don't be afraid. The government will take care of you. <laughs> we can. You don't have to be afraid. You just give us your freedom, and we'll give you all the security you want. Nine Eleven. That wouldn't have happened if you'd given us more of your freedom. You know. If you had given us more of your freedom earlier, we could have spied on all of you and protected you against the bad people. Right. That Wait, we, am I going that too we far off on, on a tangent? That we egged on and then uh, pretended to catch them and let a few through, but that's another story. That's another yeah. story. All right, back to the Second Amendment. Am I still lagging? No, you're fine right now. Yeah. You're doing good. You're doing good. Am I? So... I want to restore the Second Amendment. When people say that, you know, what, what's the point of having military-grade firearms? I say, yeah, I don't have any. The government doesn't allow me to have military-grade anything. The government has put the complete kibosh on that. So, yeah, I, I don't want to give up my guns, um, and I won't give up my guns. Uh, and neither should you if you're watching this ever, um, give up your bullets first. That's my advice. Yeah, uh, in in a trajectory. In, a, in, quick, in quick succession. <laughs> quick succession, very quick succession, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, but see, here's the thing. The AR, the AK, these are, um, in the form that is available to the public, these are not military-grade firearms. Hell, you can get a .30-06 deer rifle that shoots a far more powerful cartridge than an AR or an AK-47. Um, and you can get those in semi-auto. They are far more effective cartridges and platforms for killing people in mass than uh, the 5.56 in the AR. That's for damn sure. So to say that we have to give up... Um, when somebody makes the argument that you should give up these weapons, uh, it's very clear that they don't understand that these weapons are not the biggest and baddest out there. Not by a but long what, shot. Yeah, but what these weapons have done is that they've brought the balance of power back over towards the public just a little bit where it scares the state because yeah. these firearms – Although 
substandard for real warfare, if you ask me. It still raised the cost of coercion significantly. Much more than a bolt action or a lever action, because the semi-auto function really is the ideal function for warfare. Um, it's not, well, I take that back. It's not the ideal function for war warfare. It is one function that works well in warfare. The other function that works well in warfare is full auto. And that... That's the name of our show. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. You sure you didn't change it? No. <laughs> Actually, it started off as full auto, went through a whole bunch of things, and it's full auto again. It's so, an his daily show, though. I want to impress upon everyone when anybody gets into the argument with you, you say, I want the Second Amendment to be restored. And on top of that, I want every man from the age of 16 to 65 to have to serve in a militia, just like the Constitution said. And that should shut them the fuck up because no panty waste is going to say, I'm going to be running around in the woods with a gun and a bunch of other dudes, and I'm going to have to bust my ass and prove that I'm worthy of having this stuff, and screw that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. That's bullshit. So if you're not willing to do that, you shouldn't be coming after my guns or my weapons or my arms. Yeah. You, you're, I don't really care about the militia thing. I'm not going to serve no. in the militia. No, neither am I. I have no interest. But you push the argument. Just like they push the argument to the ridiculous left, you push the argument to the ridiculous right. So that, look, every inch you give to these gun grabbers is an inch too far because they're not going to stop. If you think that by capitulating this little itty-bitty thing, whether it's a bump stop or semi-auto or – night sights or pistol grips or whatever it is that they're going to leave you alone. They're not. They're just no. going to say, Ooh, he's a loser. Who's willing to compromise. Let's see if we can get some more compromises two or three years from now. And instead of compromising, say, Hey, you know, I just got an idea. Instead, you, you know what? You can have the bump stock, but motherfucker, I want a bazooka. I want legislation <laughs> for bazookas, bitch. That's what I want. I want motherfucking bazookas. Yeah. Wait, what? You want bazookas? No. Hey, hey, no. You know, you can keep your bump stock. Um, maybe, maybe, okay, yeah, and the night sights and the bump stock. And Okay, we're cool with that. We'll, yeah, we, we won't go any further. That's how you argue. That's how you place your position. That's how you negotiate. You don't negotiate by saying, well, we have these dangerous weapons, and we have to do something for the children. I agree. So, So we'll give up some of our rights. So to make everyone safer, guess what, dumbass? You're not making anybody safer. Look in Great Britain. England, England, sorry, London has now surpassed New York City in violent crime and murders. And they're not using guns. They found something else. If, you, if, the, if the culture of killing exists, then the killers will find what they need to find to kill who they need to kill. And if it's a hammer or a rock, or a sharp stick, or a knife. They're going to find it. Why has England denied its citizens the right to protect themselves? Because there are a lot of people in the left who want to see you dead. Because if you're the kind of person who's willing to defend yourself and not rely on the state to defend you, 
you're the wrong kind of person. Just like that, what, 78-year-old man who stabbed a, a, a burglar who invaded their home to death with a kitchen knife? They arrested him for murder. They put up a shrine to the, to the, to the guy that was killed. Yeah. The guy that broke into his home and threatened him with a knife. They put a shrine up for him. That's that's England, England, so my country. If you have not any, my country, literally, but yeah. if you have any common sense, you know the ludicrousy of yeah, that. Whole when, when people talk about common sense gun reform, I'm like, dude, I, I'm with you. Although I think we should extend it. It shouldn't just be common sense gun reform. It should be common sense weapons reform. Let's let's repeal 1934 let, and all the things attached to it. Let's start from there. Then I think then we're heading towards a more level playing field. You know, the argument that they love to use the gun grabbing police state enabling cattle car guide wannabe trolls. Uh, one of their favorite arguments is like an AR-15 is going to stop an F-16. And then the, the counter is, oh, yeah, like, you know, Vietnam. OK, that's valid. But I'll say screw Vietnam. No, the answer to that is, holy crap, you're right. There is a significant imbalance of power between citizens and government. Let's get back to the point, which is you're either a citizen or you're a slave. And if you don't have equal footing with government, if you don't have the power to tell government no when it encroach when it when it abuses its power. And again, I'm talking within state by state based parameter here, folks, then you're not a citizen. You're a slave. So unless you're willing to repeal 1934, I can't even talk to you about common sense gun reform because, man, we're, we're that 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 whole we, we left common sense gun reform long ago. Almost 100 years we left common sense gun reform. Don't come up to me now and talk about common sense gun reform because we're already on on the extreme. If 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 left is 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 no gun regulation and right is more gun regulation. Yeah, we're on the far right side of that of that equation. Uh it's not good. You 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 can't say if you look at where we're at right now and and in certain states and certain cities it's even worse. It's that that what is that Deer Hill or whatever it was in Michigan, they just they they actually passed gun confiscation legislation. They're they're tell and they're telling your citizens you have to turn in your semi autos within by by June and if you don't then they're gonna start fining you a thousand dollars a day. They, the city council actually wrote that legislation and passed it and considered that common sense gun reform. Yeah. And now the, the sheriff's office there is like, no, no man. Yeah, by the way, the sheriff's office will do whatever it's told to do. Don't kid yourselves. They're they're no heroes over there. They're gonna they're gonna try to do it as gently as they can, and they're gonna you know they're gonna bide their time. They're gonna pick a couple easy targets, you know. Dude, like, no, the sheriff's office is praying that the state and fed gets involved. And oh says, yeah, oh no, they do. Want oh, the that. sheriff's office. They do is want like, that because they don't want to deal with this. Dude, you're gonna go up to they're someone's house. They're gonna be enemy number has, one in every dude, wherever the minute, they go. Look, I'm not a violent person. I'm I really am not. But when I hear that there's that these laws are passed in my community and the sheriffs across the street going after my neighbor's guns, I have a choice to make. And it's not a good choice because they're going to be coming to my house next. I'm not going to run away. 
um, you're forcing me to take sides of what is going to be a violent situation. And maybe I will back off and say, no, this isn't a fight that I want to fight. But if I'm pissed off that day and shit went really wrong, and I'm speaking as me as a hypothetical because I'm speaking as Joe Schmo. You are and they see their yeah, and they see their neighbors being assaulted. What's to stop Joe from taking out his gun and 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 joining a bunch of other people and confronting that force and then confronting the people who passed that law? Where does it end? These people are playing with fire. It's a very dangerous situation. They I pray to God that the feds get involved and put a stay on this stupid law because a lot of people could possibly get hurt. And this council is retarded. They, who voted these retards in who think that they can pass local laws that supersede federal and state uh, precedents and, and law? I mean, you, you can't deny somebody their, their uh, Second Amendment rights. This is nuts. Well— the precedent has been set. You can't actually deny people their Second Amendment rights. You've been doing it for almost a hundred years, and 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 we did a show about the the racist history of gun control in in certain select places targeting certain demographics. Uh, that's right. happened almost immediately, like right after the the Second Amendment was uh, inked and uh, and the put and put after it was put on paper and the ink dried. Yeah, they were already starting to 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 reel back that, that. Look, there are there is a significant there are significant groups in the United States that see that uh, what's going on. Is it Deerfield? I think it's Deerfield. Maybe it's Deerfield. Is it Illinois? Yeah, see that as a huge breach, and then they're trying to pull similar things in Colorado now. I think it's Boulder. Is trying to do something similar, uh, and then you got this the, is the, play out. Then you got the this, red flag laws. Yeah, that's, well, this is going really to have to play out in the courts, um, and hopefully, it gets to the courts before the the sheriff decides to do something, because that's when it's going. That's when people are going to be pressed to take a side in this argument, and it's it's potentially yeah, the argument, dangerous. Let's, let's be clear: the argument here is. Total power for the state. That's or the, the local argument. administration, correct. Well, all, all so, the manifestations thereof. Total power so for you, the state. That's the argument that's being put forth here. That's yeah. what they're arguing for. Whatever they want to tell you about the children's... Now, it's about the state having total power. Even the people who who have been caught up in the fear porn and they really think they're protecting the kids. No, you're still working on the side of total power for the state. That's, that's, right. that's who you are. So... so you said something earlier about Vietnam, and, and yeah, that's a good point. But think about this. The second law that Hitler enacted when he became their chancellor was to confiscate all the guns. Well, actually, the, the guns had already been confiscated. Um, oh, to make it illegal. Th there were already laws on the books before he came to power. Actually, what Hitler did was he passed laws that gave special um dispensations to his political allies to be able to get guns and hold on to guns. So he kind of did the reverse. He didn't take guns. He lifted the restriction on his political allies, not not anybody else. And then he did enact some more restrictions against Jews specifically, but uh, okay. 
Uh, but but the biggest thing he did actually was he wanted to make sure that his guys, his brown shirts, and yeah, that those guys had guns. Not and you. No, everybody else did not. Okay. Right. So then, but Hitler. Somebody did the work for him before he came to office. He he fell into it. He he didn't have. He would have most assuredly if there wasn't already gun control legislation. He would have had it done. Stalin confiscated guns. Mao confiscated guns. They all confiscated guns. And then they went after their citizens. And the argument is, well, you know, how are you going to go up against an F-16 with an AR-type firearm? Well, why would Stalin not want to have to go up against a countryside full of armed people uh, when he had aircraft with machine guns because on them? Because you can't just level the whole country because if you do, you end up you you're not gonna have first off, nobody's gonna buy your products. You're not gonna have any slave labor. Uh, you're not gonna have anybody serve in your military. You're not my gonna have an economy. You're host. But, but my point is you this: you can't kill everyone. Stalin had an army at, at his discretion that had battleships and airplanes and artillery and machine guns and most of the modern. W- implements of warfare and and yet he still went after people's guns because like the term that you like to use because the cost of coercion was higher with people being than armed the reward. Yeah. than the reward so by disarming everybody he made it easier for himself so that's the whole point of trying to preserve the right to keep and bear arms in america you want the cost of coercion to be higher for the state to do stupid shit. And in some cases, it's worked. And in other cases, the, the state sends out the National Guard and mows people down, like in West Virginia when they were trying to unionize, in Colorado, and in, in, in lots of other areas in the United States where uh, resources of the National Guard were used. Hell, in the riots of... Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they used National Guard airplanes to bomb people in town. And yeah, they dropped bombs out of out of planes. And they used planes in the uh, Union uh, protests against uh, unionizers in West Virginia. They used airplanes to bomb them, too. So I'd rather be getting bombed and have a gun in my hand than to be getting bombed and to be completely uh, vulnerable in every possible way. So it's, and it's not just about the state. It's also about local states and local administrations and, and even simple criminals. You, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And it has been for a hundred years. And my argument is, if you want to take my guns, and I said this before, I want a bazooka. And you're welcome to take my gun when I get my bazooka. That's all. Yeah, my answer is uh, I'm keeping my guns and I want a bazooka. Screw that. Not even messing around. Uh, if you're saying I can't fight a, an F-16, then I want, to, I, want to, I want to be able to have the ability to pull my resources and uh, join associations uh, that, that can buy F-16s. Whatever, whatever the government has, yeah, yeah, citizens should have too.
Now, I did all this. I don't even like the word citizen. I don't like the concept. I, I don't believe in the whole uh, uh, consent of the governed thing. Are you, but are you a world citizen? I'm not a citizen. Uh, are you a world is, citizen? No, not a world citizen either. I'm just an individual. That's it. You're not a sovereign citizen of the no, world? No, no, just an individual, just a dude that would like to be reasonably left alone and would like to reasonably let, let people alone. And, and I understand the word reasonably is a loaded word, but <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, even within the state of on state based parameters, if you expect if you accept the whole notion of citizenship, if you accept uh, consent to the govern, if you accept that this is supposed to be the government of the people, by the people, for the people. Well, guess what? When you have a whole bunch of people that are lobbying to create a significant imbalance of power between the governed and the governing yeah that's not a republic folks that that is that is a mobocracy at best this is not not going to end well it's not going to end well for the quote-unquote citizens who are going to come to the realization more and more that they're slaves and they have been for quite some time we're we're, we're about done here if you want to wrap it up i i think i think the the final point here is uh the second amendment yeah it it was about people having the ability to defend themselves against tyrants including domestic tyrants and we have long left uh we have long left common sense gun reform we've gun reform out the wazoo and it went way beyond common sense it was already gone to tyranny and if you want to know the answer to the question, are you a citizen or are you a slave? You're a slave. You're, you're pretty much. You may be a soft slave. You may, you may have it easier than other slaves. You may have less. Like, like, like I don't know how, how long do we work now? Like until June or how long is it when, when, when we, we've worked up enough to pay for all our taxes? It's more than half of the year your, your labor is actually paying for taxes. That's that's where you're at. So your labor is paying for the advancement of the country, but the the wealth of the ultra rich is not. Just think about that. Yeah. Your your country is borrowing against you to build roads and highways and airports and and uh, seaports and bomb people that you don't bomb, really want to yes, be bombed and building billion dollar airplanes. But the rich aren't giving them their money. It's all on the backs of the working people. Now, having said that, the system that we live under has created so much wealth that even the poorest of the poor here live better than some of the rich in some of the other parts of the world. So imagine what America would be like if we weren't living in a mercantile economy, because that's what we're really living under, that had 90% of the population subjugated to one degree or another, but that everyone lived under a free market economy. Uh, the amount of wealth that would be spread amongst everyone here, it would be insane. It would be off the chain, folks. It'd be but, off the chain. But a few people have gotten to the position where they can manipulate the state to keep money flowing back to them. And they get a cut of every deal that ever existed in, in this country. 
So that's the reality. Now, do I want to wreck it and tear it all down with some kind of revolution? And do mm. I want to hang hang those people in the streets? Hell no. Why not, Paul? Well, because the people that replace them are going to be worse. Always. Just like George Washington was worse than the king. Oh, no, you didn't oh, say that. No. <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, you no. didn't say that. That's, can we do that for the next show? Nah. Or maybe, George, maybe, maybe. I don't know. George do Washington to? was worse than the king of England. George Washington was worse. There you go. That, that would be that quite a show. That would be in. quite a show. Let that sink in. Yeah. And then research and prove me wrong. Yeah, prove me wrong. Uh, and on that note, I think I think I think we'll uh, sign off here. This is our first official. We have officially returned in our new manifestation, which is we're full auto. And the general format of the show now is we're going to pick a topic, and we're going to talk about that. And then uh, we have news items that we may get to, we may not, but. You know, we, we, we have three segments that we will cover sometimes. Sometimes we'll do what we did today, which is we'll talk just about that one topic. Uh, I'll be back on tomorrow on my Facebook personal Facebook page for headlines you may have missed. I already have some of the stories selected, and I'll be working on that tonight, actually. And uh, I'll be on tomorrow night. It's a very special show. Tomorrow night, Bodhi Agora. And myself, we are going to be doing the first iteration of Lozilla Mystery Theater. That's the name of the show. And we're going to have a guy on there called Donnie Gebert, who has this idea for a direct republic that is run on the blockchain. And you vote by paying for the services that you value. And you're, 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 you're not paying taxes. You're... You're paying fees to fund services that you value, that you want to participate in and benefit from, or if altruistic reasons, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and we've talked to him before, and we're going to talk to him again, have another round of talking to Donnie about his wonderful idea. I just did a show today about some guy who has an idea for, it's kind of like, he calls it the automatic con automatic Congress, which... At one point, Donnie actually called his thing on Automatic Congress way before this, this guy spoke at some TED Talk, and he was he's an MIT guy, and he's suggesting that they use AI. So you would have this, like, AI representative that would be in touch with a certain amount of people, and it would be constantly polling you and tracking everything you do on social media and really knowing what your likes are so that it was fully informed on how to vote for you. Yeah, that sounds safe. <laughs> not quite the same thing as Donnie's idea. Donnie's is much better. But anyway, that should be a really exciting show. That's on tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be on the Liberty Principle page, Facebook page and possibly YouTube as well. I'm not sure. I had some issues here tonight, and I'm not sure that I'll get them fully worked out for tomorrow or not. But, well, well we shall see. Tomorrow that, I will be making an appearance as well. Uh, not on the tubes of you, but on my couch tomorrow night I oh. will be lounging. Really? Taking a nap around this time. Are you, you going to be doing the Bigfoot Watch show? Where you no, watch I'm going to be. No, no. I'll be picking a lint and toe jam between my toes and sniffing my fingers. Oh, yeah. yeah well, that we will all be do a that. lovely, lovely. 
Yeah, Dude, everybody does. It smells that. like it smells like Parmesan. Oh, that was one step too far. <laughs> it, was, it was okay, and then hmm, just Parmesan too. Okay, so yeah, that so that will be my appearance. I'll be napping, and then uh, after that. I'll probably be washing my fingers because I can only tolerate that smell for so long. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yes. All right. So on thank you, note. everybody, who uh, joined yes. us on the show. Uh, again, we'll see you tomorrow uh, at 12.30 p.m. on my channel for Headlines You May Have Missed and tomorrow night for Lozilla Mystery oh. Theater. Enjoy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Aren't you going to say your little thing? <laughs>